0: Turn with me I can to, tell you stories. to oh. see what you started. See what you started.
1: You. I stopped, stories.
0: Second Timothy, second Timothy, chapter three. I uh, read this verse either this last Sunday or the Sunday before. Want to kick off with this, and then we're gonna. We have a number of things to get through preliminary things as well as primary things. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. Excuse me, says, But understand this that in the last days there will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money So, <clears throat> here we are uh, in this day and age, and everybody's looking at what's happening. It doesn't matter where you turn. You turn to any any uh, um, Christian outlet. It uh, doesn't matter what denomination or what kind of what uh, what person, whether it's uh, spirit-filled or Baptist or Lutheran, pretty pretty much everybody's saying this is the end times. Look at this stuff. And, you know, like I've said before, you know, I don't know when Jesus is coming back. If I did, I could write a book and I could make really good money, but I don't. <laughs> and so, yeah, gr- great, I'm out of this class. That's, that's it. Great for the book. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, You can look at the signs and the times. You can look at the seasons and the time. And we are definitely in an age where things are getting interesting. Um, But I, I always come back to this. This, my life, this is my last days. Now, my last days are somewhere between 40 and 50 years from now.
1: <laughs>
0: but we're all in our last days. We've all lived quite a ways into it and praise God and by the miracle of, you know, by the miracle and grace of God, here we are. We've made it this far. But no matter how you look at it, we're all in our last days. We're all in the the time period where, you know, I mean, I have I've had I've had many friends. I just had a friend this last week die that I went to uh, high school with. And so, you know, nobody's guaranteed tomorrow. So it's all of our last days. How should we then be living them? How then should we be focused? What should we be doing? Because if we don't take time to stop and think about it, if we don't uh, reflect, if we don't uh, take, take time to take an account of where we are, what we've been doing so that we can make a, a proper decision of what the future is, and then we go to the right place for the right answer, we're just doomed to make the same mistakes over and over again. And in 10 years, we'll be in the same place going, boy, I wished I had 10 years ago done this, that, or the other thing. So <clears throat> this class is, is really a an answer to that uh, situation, that dilemma of well, what are we supposed to be doing? If these are the last days, what should be our focus? What should be the things that we're, we're aiming towards? And I actually had a number of things. I shared this on a Sunday morning. I had a number of things that I was looking at, and it, it's just like it, none of them were the answer. They, they all were parts of it. And it wasn't until I set all of that aside and I said, okay, Lord, I, you know, I, I really want to do this you know, the, the best way possible, that he began to show me, speak to me about these, some of these verses that we're going to be going through beginning tonight, but then as we move forward um, as to a direction, and actually I think it's probably the right answer. I think it is the right answer. Um, and so as we do this, um, you'll see, you'll see this start to unfold. First thing I'm going to hand out is, is uh, a syllabus. And if you remember from high school, you know this is the first week of school for most people, for most kids. I have a syllabus. So what we're going to be going over each week. Uh, you'll notice on there that if you look at the right-hand side of the of the syllabus, you'll see the week number, the dates, and the times. Between now and Christmas, there's only going to be one week where we do not have class. Uh, and that will be The week, the the night before Thanksgiving. Because I know, you know, everybody wants to put love into the turkey. And uh, be able to focus on your family coming in or going or getting to where your family is. And so uh, um, we're not going to have class that night. But otherwise, we will have class every Wednesday night between now and December 20th. And if you look on the left hand side, you see a passage of Scripture. Um, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1. Now, you might be already asking yourself, if, if all of the verses are on the sheets of paper, and if, if everything that he's going to be reading through this whole thing is going to be written out for me, why did I have to bring my Bible? Because the only reason I wrote it out on a piece of paper is so that we all have the same version, uh, that when I'm reading something... And I'm explaining something. You're getting it from where I got it from. Now, in your Bible is where you should also be studying it. That's where this this class is only going to be an hour and a half long each week, and I'm going to give you homework every week. And that homework uh, does not consist of writing a paper or uh, uh, you know filling out a a question and answer uh, project. It is, uh, but it's going to be way harder than that, and uh, you'll see as we go along. But Second Peter, chapter one. Here's I'm reading out of the ESV, the uh, English Standard Version. Second Peter, chapter one, begin with verse one. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours, by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. Mark this one down both on your, your, uh, on your sheet of paper here, highlight it, underline it, but also do this in your Bible. Because verse 8 is absolutely crucial. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind. this uh, class is, is being called First Things First. You'll find out why as we go along. But the subheading underneath it is putting things in perspective. Putting things into perspective. In this world, there are so many things clamoring for your time and, and focus. Everything says this is the most important thing. Everything, and there are many important things that we need to put our time and effort into. Family. Marriage, kids, uh, education, work, uh, uh, all just you can just go thing after thing. There's all kinds of things that are very important. But if we strip away all of those things, not saying that they're not important, can you enter eternity because of them? No. There are things that are more important than all of those things. And my wife is sitting in this room, and so, you know, when I say, you know, family and wife, I mean, those are important, but there are things that are more important than your spouse, more important than your children, more important than your job. There are things. And if those things are that important, you know, and we all know what they are, we're Christians, everybody here, I know everybody here, if... If those things are more important, then the question is, is that what we're focusing on? Because Jesus said, if you if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will be added on to you. What was the subtitle you said? The <laughs> subtitle is on your sheet of paper on the other side. It says Putting Things in Perspective. So the idea of where we're headed with this is to, is to shake the cage a bit. Um, like I say, it's going to be work. I'm going to challenge you with some things. I'm going to challenge you with some thoughts. Much of it, you've heard it before. I know I've heard it before. But it's one of those things where you hear it, and you hear it to the point where, okay, well, I, yeah, we've, I've dealt with that. The thing is, have we, dealt with it to the, have we dealt with it recently? And have we dealt with it to the, to the level that we should? I, I'm, I'm talking very vaguely right now. I'm, I'm talking very somewhat cryptically. It's going to get very, real, very quick. But look real, real quick here. Week 1, September 6th, that's tonight. First things first, the most important thing is our first love. and We'll talk about that in length. Week 2 is where we actually start taking words from this <coughs> 2 Peter 1.1. Uh, second week is grace and peace. We're going to talk about what is grace and why is peace so important. Week 3, knowledge of God. We're going to be hitting on the knowledge of God every week. You'll you'll and I'll explain that today. You'll see more of that tonight. Week 4 is his divine power. Week 5 is his divine nature. Week 6 is faith, then virtue, knowledge, self-control, steadfastness, godliness. Uh, brotherly affection, love, effective and fruitful, and lastly, confirming the calling. Each one of these are a heading of a topic that we'll talk about for an hour and a half. But then you're going to go home each week and there'll be more things to study, more things to dive into. And, and to, to, to even if you want to have a study together, call somebody up grab a cup of coffee, whatever it may be. The, this first week, your assignment, you're actually going to have to work with somebody else. Somebody that knows you really well. Somebody that knows you too well. And you'll see what that means here in just a second. So any questions about the syllabus, the, the weeks? At the bottom it says bring your Bible, a notebook, and a pen because you want to write down notes. How many folks do we have? I'm going to start handing these up. Um, I can text Greg and he can make more. So everyone should have one. So let me know how many are short, and I will send them a text. While those are being handed out, any questions? Any other thoughts, comments, snappy answers? What do we got? 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, 18, 23. Is that what I've got? Extra one? Yes. Who doesn't have one? No. Are you on the only one? couple. Can you hand it backwards? Can you hand it backwards back there? So, all I have to... No, it looks like we have enough, don't we? Or did the ladies not have any?
1: Need three
0: more. Need three more. That's what I thought. No, Greg can make them. He knows he already has, the, has everything that needs to be done. If I can find Greg's text... Actually, just Deb, could you go tell Greg to make three more, please?
1: That would be awesome.
0: Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this night. Thank you for each of those who have come out tonight. Thank you, Lord, for your word, your presence, for you being here. And I pray, Father, that as we dive into these things, as we shake the cage, as we we, uh, get real with you, and with ourselves, that you will certainly put first things first. Show us how to be in the right perspective, in the right place for this day and time, in this day and age. Thank you, Father, for leading and guiding us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for do- taking us into all truth in every way. We just give you the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, who wants to read Revelation chapter 2? Verses 1 through 5. Someone, hand. Thank you. Go ahead, Patty. Real loud so that the microphone can hear you.
1: To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, The words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks among the seven golden lampstands, I know your works, your toil, and your patient endurance, and how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not
0: All right, Revelation. What a better place to start uh, when talking about these these days, uh, these last days, is Revelation. Might as well just go right for the throat. Let's just go for
1: it. Um,
0: like I said, you're, we're all believers here, been here for many you know many years. But Revelation is talking about the end. It's it's the the, the revelation that was given to John on the island of Patmos. Uh, when you think of Revelation. What do you normal what is the what is when you when somebody says we're gonna read the book of Revelation or I've been reading the book of Revelation, what are the first things that popped your head? Apocalypse. Apocalypse. Mushroom cloud. Mushroom cloud? <laughs> <All
1: right>. <laughs> <laughs> been a rough week, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. The horses.
0: The horses, the horsemen, yep. Yeah. Any more?
1: Lots of beheadings.
0: Lots of beheadings. Things in heaven. Things in heaven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good. good Going home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why do you say that with a smile on your face? You're not done yet, okay? Just let you know.
1: I'm not saying it's
0: <laughs> <laughs> Right? Anything else? Right. It's, it's all the end stuff, isn't it? You know, when we think of Revelation, and that is what the lion's share of the book is about, is about a revelation of, well, people could argue with it, but it's the end. Or it's a picture of what did happen. There's a number of things that could be taken as fulfilled when Jesus was on the earth. I mean, you you look at Revelation; it, it's 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 very symbolic, very very uh, uh, out there. And we just you know we all kind of go through it, and people write books and they make lots of money off of what they think it means. And I'm pretty sure none of us know exactly what it means. But nobody, very few, if, if very few, or if not none of us did uh, think of what the first couple of chapters were about. The first couple of chapters were was Jesus talking to John to tell the church a message. And he talked to the seven churches. He, he addressed each one, and each one had a, had a word from Jesus about what they were doing, how they were doing it, how they were living. And some of them were good, and some of them were... One of the best ones out there was this church right here. Um, the letter to uh, the church of which one? Which church was it? Ephesus. Ephesus. The church of Ephesus is probably one of the best ones out there because he says things like, you know, I noticed your toil. I noticed your working hard. I noticed your patient endurance. I noticed your hatred for evil. You're testing of the truth. And I'm just going through these, uh, the, the, the list of ones that are underneath here, but they're all highlighted in those verses. And, and also that you're not growing weary. So he's, he's commending them on doing some really, aw- what we would consider awesome things. Holding the truth, not, not putting up with evil, uh, being, you know, enduring, you know, doing all these things. He's, he's really commending them on the works. But he says, there's one thing I hold against you. So here's a church who's knocking it out of the park. And we know the church in Ephesus was effective. It was was huge. It was one of the, the, if not the largest church, it was one of the largest churches in the time. It was very effective at spreading the gospel. It was very effective at doing the work, toiling. He says, you're working hard. But there's one thing that I hold against you. And so when we take that and we, we look at it to ourselves, we can be involved. We can be working hard we can be leading worship every Sunday we can be we can be uh, doing the church books you know and, and 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 giving your time towards that and and you can be uh visiting the sick and, and and visiting the shut-ins and we can be doing the stuff working in the bookstore being security i mean i can just I, you know right around the room your sound men, ushers i mean we're all busy in the work of the church and we all, uh, I could say, uh, have a desire to uh, test the truth, to test and to hold and to, and to hate the evil that's in this world. I mean, none of us look at the news and, and what's going on with uh, with the Muslim, uh, you know, incursion into Western culture and Western society, and the the illegal, the the unlawfulness that's going on in our government and in the country. I mean, all those things. I mean, if you know. For me, it, may, it can make you sick to your stomach. We can hate the evil. We can, we can desire for the good to be, to be elevated. So we have, we're doing the same things the Ephesians are doing. But the question is, where's our first love? The first love he's talking about is not do I love God. What he's talking about is that 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 place you were when you first got saved. That place when when you didn't know the truth and your life stunk. Your life was was a mess. I mean, and pe- different people were at varying levels of mess. George, I don't want to hear about yours. Okay, I just you know you know Debbie was four years old, right? And she just. Got saved, I mean, but you know, I've heard she was a mess. I mean, no. (laughs) But all of us, you know, we got saved at different times. I got saved when I was four, but I also then had to rededicate my life when I was 24, 23. And I was a mess. And that feeling of freedom, that feeling of, of elation that I'm no longer responsible for this sin, that joy that I had. That day, those those days that followed, and and what I did at that point is actually much different than what I do today. How I how I live today, the first love is not about okay. Well, I put God first. I mean, I I I wouldn't point at a single person in this room who doesn't say that you know I put God first. Yeah, I I know you guys, but do you put God first? Two different questions. Is is he the first in our life in everything he said it's not enough to be doing all those things he says you've abandoned your first love remember where you have fallen from this class is not to beat us up we're going to get past the beat up real quick we're going this this is this is just the pointing hey where are we at what's going to really hurt is when you get over to page number 2 and uh, there's gonna be, we're going to do a spiritual inventory based on 1 Corinthians 13 to find out where your love really is. And the hard part is it's not going to be you who fills it out. It's going to be your spouse. Oh, no. yeah. oh wonderful. Yes, yeah. Or somebody who knows you really, really well. Find a friend, a Christian friend who knows you really, really well and say, hey, can you honestly... And we'll talk about that in a second. It's going to get hard. But that That's totally up to you. Whatever you get past God is fine with me. But where is putting first things first? Getting putting things in perspective? Where is your first love? Where is that level of excitement? That level of of joy, that level of commitment? I mean, I'll just tell you, when I first came back to the Lord, I spent hours and 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 days and weeks and months in His Word. It was the most important thing in my life. Now, that's not a works thing. It's not about, well, I should have spent hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and weeks and months. And, no, but it was where my heart was. My heart didn't want anything else. And I could do it because I was single. I was in that place where I was single, and, and I didn't work 60, 80 hours a week, plus kids, plus, you know. Life was different. But where's the heart? Turn to Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22, verses 34 through 39. Who would like to read that, please? Someone, anyone.
1: But when the Pharisees heard
0: that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. "'Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law?' And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. So Jesus, asked, they asked Jesus what's the greatest commandment. He tells them, Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. Then, love your neighbor as yourself. When we love God, when we truly love God, it consumes us. Now, we keep, at least I do, keep trying to make excuses. I'll just say I keep trying to make excuses. Well, but, but if I had more time, or if I, if I didn't have this responsibility, if I didn't have that responsibility, OK, that's human. Still, still not true. I have time. I have the ability to do the things that I did at first, the way that I sought him at first. I've realized that since putting this information together over the last couple of weeks. The first thing the Lord had me do was take the spiritual inventory. Okay, John, you're going to get up in front of everybody and talk about this stuff. Where are you? Where is your heart? Where is your time? Where is your mind? Where is your soul? And I'm telling you, it's hard. You know that. That was. It's it's hard to answer those questions honestly, Jim. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. To, but but when we know that the Holy Spirit is right there, watching and listening, and he has the answer. It's it it makes it where you do have to make you have to you have to answer honestly, and that is hard. But he said, "To love the Lord your God with your heart, the heart obviously this is review for almost everybody. The heart is not the organ. The heart. The heart is not the blood pumping organ. The heart is your absolute center of your being. When." When you are loving God with all of your heart, He is the center of your being. He is the all in all. He is the most important person in the room. He's the most important concept in reality. It has to be from your core. It has to be, when when it says, when Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, it literally means everything that you are. Everything, when when everything else falls apart, when everything else decays, when everything else ends,
1: is that like a contrite heart?
0: Contrite heart. Define contrite.
1: Yeah.
0: Define some. Define contrite. Because I don't know.
1: <laughs> it just, it just seemed contrite is more. Well, just what you're talking humble about. Me. Yeah, humble, like, you know, the fruits of the spirit. Mm-hmm. You have to have that contrite. I don't. Know, where does it talk? It says contrite heart. Mm-hmm. Right, I can't remember where, but it, it, there's some verse that says contrite your contrite but, mm-hmm. and it's more um, is it healing, is soft and genuine. And, healing or expressing remorse or repentance affected by guilt. Okay.
0: Okay. I think that can be part of it.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't. I I would have to say that it's not all that, because when. To love the Lord your God with all of your heart, there is a, there is a there's a point of repentance where we, we deal with the sin and the the sin nature the the who who we're putting our hope in, but once we have become a believer, loving the Lord your God with all of your heart means that it be, he becomes the center of everything. He becomes the the most important part. So contract gets you there. Um. And having a contrite heart is, is important because unless you're truly repentant, you know, he's not a, the, the word says that he's not a fool that it, that he should be mocked. You know, what a, what a man sows, he's going to reap. You know, he understands where our heart is in all of this. He understands where our heart is in all of this.
1: Are there different translations with whatever to heart in the Bible between referring to spirit and just... Like you said your, your most being is that referring to spirit. So, we're going to talk about like spirit being heart, soul is micro emotions. So, it separates them that way. But is it, is it always the same translation? It's not always the same
0: translation. It's not always the same. Um, if the question you're asking is, do I believe there's a separation between soul and spirit? Uh, spirit being the, the spirit that was made in the image of, of God? and that died at in, you know, that, uh, that the human spirit was separated from God's spirit, which is death, uh, in the garden, Right. and that we also have a soul, which is our mind, will, and emotions, right. and we have a body. Tell that. Right.
1: Yes, I believe that. Yeah. that, that's, that I, I believe that's very biblical. I was, as far as like the references that it makes the heart of the Bible and so replace replaces it, we're talking about a contract contrite heart. It's like not a contrite spirit necessarily. No. Um,
0: but I, I think there are different interpretations that are translated yeah. different words that are translated heart. Right. And that's not what this what this specific one is talking about is the center. What is the the absolute all in all of who you are. Mm-hmm. Which isn't necessarily your spirit or your soul. It, but it is it's more of a value. I don't know if that's the right way to explain it. But it's the it's the focus. He, he the <clears throat> love of God with all of your heart means he needs to be the focus of your life. The center, the the most important thing in, in all of the universe. But yeah, going back to that, I don't know. I, 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 I know that they're not all the same
1: word in your moment. Exactly. <laughs> um... Jim had mentioned Psalm 51, and it does say, um, My sacrifice, the sac- sacrifice acceptable to God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. And then in parentheses, it says, broken down with sorrow for sin and Humbly and thoroughly penitent.
0: Yep. Exactly what Deb read, mm-hmm. uh what contrary means. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that is that is the 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 way that we get that's how we can repent. We can't repent flippantly. Oh, I'm sorry you caught me, God. I'm so sorry. No. It has to come from a contrary heart, a broken heart, mm-hmm. saying, I just that's it. I can't I can't do this anymore. I, I you know, I am so sorry. I you know I. This is wrong. Admitting that that the way I'm, I'm had been living the way I or the way I am living is wrong. I think we can still we still need to have a contrite heart on an ongoing basis on an ongoing basis because mm-hmm. yeah. we can find ourselves and we may find ourselves this week going shoot. I've been I've been I've been faking it. I've been. I've been I've been going through the motions and like like it said back in in uh, uh, Second Timothy, having the form of godliness but denying His power. Mm-hmm. I think we can do that. That wasn't talking about the Lutherans.
1: <laughs>
0: just the Lutherans. Let's we'll say that. <laughs> it wasn't talking about just the Baptists or just the just the just the them, you know them whoever them is. No, it's talking about us. I mean, I you know, we're going to go deep. This this is the this is the first attack at this shell that we put ourselves in, and saying, "Oh yeah, I'm I'm, I'm I love God with all my heart. I come to church every week, and I I I I no, where's our heart? I
1: think what love, love for God drives us. It drives everything we do, and I think we you know, like we worship we bring that out, Does real good here, you know, that you love God. It's important to say you love God. It's important to have that feeling that you love God, you know. And that that is, when you say that, you worship and you tell your kids and grandkids of your love for God, that's a demonstration of where your heart is at. And I don't know. It isn't complicated, you no,
0: know, but it's uh, it's important. Well, I've had I've had friends,
1: Christian friends,
0: who have said, I, "I just don't get into that charismatic stuff because it's just emotion." And my answer to that is, if you knew God the way I know God, you're going to get emotional too. <laughs> you know, it, it comes out of you. It it it. We are emotional beings, and we will be emotional because it it affects our heart it affects our very core and when it affects our very core when when we love God with all of our heart everything else is affected by it amen alright secondly our soul soul mind will and emotion mind (laughs) mind being our thoughts we're going to talk about you see here it says uh, love the Lord God with all of your heart your soul and your mind we talk about the soul being our mind, will, and emotions, how we think. Mind, on our third one, I'll, I'll explain the difference, what I mean by mind, or what, the, what I believe the word is talking about there, but mind, will, and emotions, the way we think, the way we make decisions, and the way we feel, because we are a soulish being. We have a soul. We, we act, Jesus had a soul. <coughs> You know some people say no you just need it the spirit needs to have you know you just live by the spirit and you won't you won't make decisions by the soul no you will make this you will make Jesus cried when his friend died Jesus looked at Jerusalem and cried it was a it was an emotional he was in the garden and he was sweating blood not because something you know was spiritually happening it, there was something spiritual happening but the pressure Of what he was about to go through and the decision he had to make was so great that it affected his body. It was the way he was thinking. It was, he was a soulish person, but he was a perfect in all, in all all three the mind, the soul, and the spirit. But the soul, how we react to God and how our soul lines up with the way that we were, we were, uh, we were created to be. When Jesus looked at the sick, it says that he had compassion. Compassion is a soulish response. His mind, he, he, he saw their suffering, he, it, it affected him emotionally. He saw uh, the, their lack of leadership, or they, he saw their lack of health, or their lack of, of, of sustenance, and it moved him to compassion. That is soul. If all we are is spirit and love the Lord your God with all of your heart, you know with your very I love God, bless God, and it doesn't come out as compassion, then we're no good to the world around us. But it has to come out. It has to affect how we think, how we think about things. It has to affect uh, how we feel about things. It affects, the loving God with all of our heart means we love like Him. When we we have somebody that we're dealing with, how we react to them should be the way God wants, the the way God would react to them. And if we're not, it means because our thoughts are screwed up it means that our emotions are screwed up. I mean, you know, you people who keep posting stuff on Facebook about somebody who gave their, you know, life and helped somebody out, and it was a blessing. You know, and I know you're just trying to make me cry. Because you see somebody moving out of the love of God, it can't you, you just my goodness. You know, we go on these mission trips, you know, I've spent half the time, you know, trying not to get muddy and the other half of the time trying to not, you know, weep over these people's, you know, their, their lives and, and their needs and everything. It's just because you're, you, you're, you have the compassion of God and it comes through in your emotions. And if it doesn't, there's something wrong with you. There is. It's just, if, if we don't have compassion, if we don't see the news and, and see what's happening in the Caribbean right now, although I've only seen, there's only so far there's been only one death. And the news said it's been at least one death. Well, you're good. Then we know it was a bad storm. No, no deaths in Jesus' name. No loss of life, no loss of stuff. But if our hearts don't move, aren't moved, then there's something that has become callous in us. And that is an indicator of where our heart is. You know, we can get so busy. Martha, uh, Mary and Martha, Martha was so busy doing the stuff she was right there, she was in the presence of Jesus, but she was so busy that, that it became about the busyness, not about Jesus we can do that, we can do that, pastors can do that, I can get so busy wrapped up in doing pastor stuff that my I, that I lose that heart for people and it, it doesn't take long because God usually jerks the slack out of me or my wife does or somebody does and you know, and, and it's Because this is about people, and God has a heart for people. His His emotions, you know, He loves us, and it and that love is was He loved He for God so loved the world that He gave. He was moved by His love for the world that He gave Jesus. That is how uh, loving God with all, of your, uh, with all of your heart, your most inner most being, but then your soul, it moves you to do something about it. And then lastly here it says, and with all of your mind. Does it the same mind twice? Is it, is it talking when it talks about uh, your soul? You know, we're talking about mind, will, and emotions. <coughs> mind in this third one is talking about the intellect. Mind is talking about our understanding, our the wisdom of knowing God, understanding Him intellectually. He wants that. Hey, I grew up in the 1980s uh, uh, charismatic Christian churches movement, and they said, just turn off your brain. Just turn off your head and go by the Spirit, and, and you're going to go far. You know Things are going to be great. And there were a bunch of Goofy people doing goofy things that their mind was not engaged. No. Our mind needs to be fully engaged. Because, yes, things of the Spirit are not always understood by the mind. But the the things of the Spirit can teach the mind about God. We can begin to understand how God works with our mind, as long as we're yielded to the Spirit. And so working, being as much time or as much effort as we put into loving God with all of our, our, our innermost being, we need to spend as much time working with loving God with our soul, bringing our, our, our feelings, our emotions into line, in line with, who, with, with God's thoughts. But then we also need to work that hard Training our mind to understand the things of God, and there are there are many things. I started reading that book uh, on uh, meditation. It's phenomenal. I've only just a short way into it. Um, there, but meditating on the Word, not ohm, empty your brain, be you know saying mantras. No, getting a Bible verse and just starting to memorize and not memorizing so you could repeat it to somebody. Although that will happen. That'll come. It'll come out of you but memorizing it so you get it into your mind and it affects the way you think. It gets so, it reprograms. Because the Word of God many times is, is, well, most of the time is against the way human beings want to think. It's opposite. So if you take that Word of God and you start to memorize it, you start to think about it, you start to focus on how that applies not only to everybody else but to you. It begins to hardwire the way you think, rewire the hard work of your mind. If you don't do that, you keep thinking like the world. Be no longer uh, uh, conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And the renewing of your mind comes from the Word of God. The more you read it, the more you study it, the more you think about it. When I when I was working in the in the hot dog factory, I couldn't carry my Bible around and read my Bible all day long. I did that after work and before work. But for the eight hours I was at work, I couldn't do that. So I would read one verse before work started. And I would just I would memorize that verse and I would meditate on that verse. I'd think about it all morning long, and then at lunch I'd pull it back out and I'd reread that verse. So I'd spend a whole day just just meditating on one verse or one one passage, and that I could do that, doing the things I was doing in the factory. Jobs where you're, do, you know, using more of your brain all the time, a little tougher, but you can still do it. Driving to work, you know, doing your commute, uh, mowing the lawn, whatever it may be. When you're, when you have those times where the mind can go, you know, especially the guys, you know, I mean, we just have that nothing box. We can just go there. He lives there. It's just so nice. Fill it with one verse and let it expand. Let it grow. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart. With all of your soul. With all of your soul, with all of your mind. Loving God, putting His word in it. Let it that planting that seed in your mind every day. Planting that seed in there multiple times a day will change you. It'll it'll some of those thoughts. I mean, and and we all struggle with thoughts. We all struggle with fears, with with sin, many envy, strife, blah, blah 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 blah. All the all the sins. You start putting what the word says how you should think. On a regular basis, and you keep doing it, and you keep doing it, and you keep, and you might think, well, nothing has changed. I guarantee you, something is changing every moment. But if you don't do it, it stays the way it is and gets worse. Because the world is constantly filling your mind with negative. The world is constantly filling your mind with sin. The world is constantly filling your mind with fear. All of those things are enemies of God. Because if you can't think right, then it affects your soul. Because that affects your heart. This is the gateway. This is, this is what decides what gets in and what doesn't. If this doesn't get renewed, if this doesn't get changed, or if it only gets renewed halfway, or three quarters of the way, this class is not so much... I mean, how many of you have heard everything I've said before, or everything I've said tonight before somewhere at some point in time in your Christian walk? Right? I'm not saying anything new. What I'm doing up here for the next few weeks is stirring the pot. Because by stirring the pot, by re-saying it, by, by, by saying it under the, lead, the leading of the Holy Ghost, it's going to get us into a place because we're not going to spend 15 weeks... You know, who? What's wrong with me? We're going to spend navel gazing, sweetheart. My wife's going, "What in the world did you just do?" Contemplation, continuous uh, navel, navel gazing. How many? Did anybody know what I was talking about? A few. Okay, good. Thank you. I just every once in a while I do something, and people go, "I have no idea what he's doing right now." <laughs> you didn't know either, Ricky. Well, there you go. <laughs> it 's the back row it 's the back row it 's amazing how everybody congregated together it has no idea what i 'm talking about it 's not about you know pointing out your sin you know and then levels of sin no we 're going to get we just God, God just wants to shake this tree for a moment because there 's other trees to shake there 's going to be many trees to shake between now and fifteen weeks. This just gets us in the door this this putting the first thing first, the most important thing is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your emotions, with all of your strength, with all of your body, with with everything that you are, going, okay, God, I'm in. I know I've said I've been in before. How many of you have ever, have ever said, that's it, this is the last time I'm in. And I'm never, I'm not, I don't ever have to do it again, because this time I mean it. Everybody's shaking their head. Yes, nobody wants to. That's good. I, I'm fine with it.
1: You
0: mean only today? Yeah. <laughs> And one of these times it's actually going to take effect. It's actually going to kick in. One of these times. Well, this is just another one of those times that you do it this week, and then you do the things I'm I'm, I'm asking you to do over the next week. And then we hit it again next week. We go deeper and deeper and deeper. Because God has something for us here at River Valley, here as Christians, that is only... Attainable by dealing with those first layers second layers third getting into there there is so much more purpose that he has for us than just surviving the next few week, the next few years Christians have a tendency to go into survival mode all I have to do is make it to the rapture come quickly Lord Jesus <laughs> And then depending on your end times view, I only have to make it till halfway through the tribulation. Because halfway through the tribulation, bang, I'm out of here. You guys can just clean up the mess. And then there's the pessimists among us who go, I'm going through the tribulation. You know, we might as well just get it over with now. No. We're supposed to be overcomers. More than conquerors. We're supposed to be the head and not the tail. Why are we the tail much of the time? It's because we have not, we're not thinking right. We're not believing right. We're not walking in the, with the right perspective. This first things first is going to help us get that perspective back. Turn to page number two. 1 Corinthians 13. Love chapter. You did love chapter? Do you want to read that for me? First Corinthians thirteen one through thirteen, please, real loud.
1: If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging symbol. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith, so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing or rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, but the greatest of these is love.
0: Bottom line, it's about love. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, your mind, your soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. So there's actually three different focuses of that love in that verse. First of all, God. First, the, the most important is love the Lord your God with all of your heart, mind soul. Second <coughs> is love your neighbor. And they asked him, Well, who's my neighbor? Okay. Let's let's get this sorted out. Who's my neighbor? Okay. Your neighbor is Anyone and everyone you come in contact with. Doesn't matter what level, what, what place in life they are. Anyone that you, it's your sphere of influence. Anyone. These are your neighbors. How is your love walk with your neighbor? The body of Christ, the, the people in our church, the people, the people that you're in a Bible study with, a fellowship with. If there is a problem there, there is a problem with love. And it's unacceptable. It's not acceptable if if you have an attitude towards an individual, and that's I deal with that all the stinking time. Not with you, none of you, none of you here. <laughs> not
1: sure about that? But
0: we're all there, aren't we? We all can get attitudes. We all can have have pets. <laughs> Definitely not a newsreader. No, But also your neighbor, neighbors, people that live across the street, the people that live next door, the the people that are in the the cubicle next to you, the people. There's people everywhere, and you're dealing with them all the time. Oh, I, so, some people are getting nickled. Right? Yeah, you're. Oh, oh, wait, where's that person? <laughs> How you love them is a reflection of your love for God. Because if there's not love there for them, then your emotions, your your you know, your mindful emotions, the, the way you think is faulty. That means you're not loving him with you're not loving them with his love. There it's not fair. The standard he set. Because you don't have to love them like you love me, or the way I love people. I mean, if, if your standard was, okay, I only have to love as good as John loves. We're all in. But you're not. It's about his love. That's our standard. And anytime we have something that, that, that we trip over, that we, you know, okay, well, you know, but everybody but that person. I was talking to a man one time who was dying. And I was saying, is there anything you need to deal with? And he goes, no, I'm born again. I said, that's that's good. Is there anything you need to deal with? He goes, well, what do you mean? And I said, is there anyone that you haven't forgiven? Well, you're not expecting me to forgive so-and-so. I said, I'm not expecting anything. I'm just the messenger. Well, but you don't understand what they did to me.
1: I said, no, I'm the messenger.
0: <laughs> I'm not here to, you know, I'm not even here to hear your confession. But the Bible says if you don't forgive them, he can't forgive you. We we don't get the luxury of deciding who we're going to love and when. It's unfair. It is totally, absolutely, completely unfair the standard he holds us to, or he asks us to walk in. But so was it totally unfair for Jesus to have to go to the cross for us. It's Totally unfair. He he did not deserve it, but he did it anyway. He did not. he He didn't have to do it, but he did it anyway. So when it comes to your neighbor, if there is there's somebody that that, you know, and you know who it is. I know who it is. I, I know. Even those people that you haven't seen in a long time because you just kind of pushed them completely out of your life and you don't have to deal with them anymore. And it's easy. It's easy to not have to deal with that person because I don't see them anymore. But you're still, you hear their name and it's just like... It's all about love. <clears throat> so what is love? This verse nails it and more. Love is patient, kind. Love is not envy or boast. It is not arrogant. It is not rude. It is, does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing. Do you notice that there are more love is nots than there is love ises? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love rejoices with the truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hope believes all things. That's just naive, isn't it? That we would believe all things? because we you know what's the possibility that everybody's always telling us the truth? And he can't I, he can't possibly want me to believe that person who's lied to me fifteen times to believe them this time or to to hope that they would t- be telling me the truth in this one, right? He can't possibly be wanting that, right?
1: <laughs> <a new> politician.
0: <laughs> Endures all things. Love never ends. Here's a here's your homework for this week. There's a couple things that'll be your homework. This is the first one. Find somebody who loves you. <laughs> Find somebody who cares about you. Sit down with them across the table and say, "Be honest." When, when. You read this, and you, th- and you look at my life. You give me a score between 1 and 10. Be honest. It's going to hurt. Just want to let you know. It's going to hurt. Probably don't even have to do it, because now all of a sudden you're being really honest. <laughs> you can do it yourself. But I still would like you to go through the, the exercise. Because the other person, is they see you way more clearly than you see them. You've convinced yourself. I've convinced myself that I'm a nine and a half on every one of these.
1: Yeah. Right now. <laughs> Does that end me or boast? <laughs> hey, 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 i got to do it with my dog. <laughs> oh,
0: that that may actually be worse, just so you know. <laughs> But do that. <laughs> Sit down and take it. What this is, is an honest assessment of your love walk. And you know, your spouse or your friend or your your the person who loves you the most may not even know some of these things. They may not know. They they may not even know, but you know. And as you're as you're going through this exercise, all of those things will come bubbling to the top. Okay now <laughs> visual, no. That's her. visual <laughs> so here's the uh, here's the deal is this to make you feel bad? is this to beat no. you up? no no, no. <laughs> who said yes? no <laughs> <laughs> oh, because I, I don't care I mean I care to a level but I don't I don't care what you know how you treat your wife, John. I mean, I, because I don't have to live in the house with you. I don't. I, I don't have to. You know, I care how Deb treats her husband. That's the. We don't mean that. Is that? It isn't about, about anybody else knowing what your answers are, but it's an honest assessment of where's your heart, where's your life. This class, you know, we didn't say it was going to be easy. We said it was going to shake some shake some stuff loose. Because when you look at the grand scope of eternity, does it really matter that you hold on to that grudge?
1: Not really.
0: Okay. It is. It's extremely stupid.
1: We still do it,
0: but we shouldn't. And, and here's where we then apply the word of God. And we begin to renew our mind to not think that way. To not, the next time you're given an opportunity to hold a grudge, you don't. You just. You choose not to do it. I. I, I refuse to do it. I'm not going to get so angry, so worked up at that individual, whoever that is, because that, in the grand scope of eternity, doesn't matter. In the grand scope of eternity, being right is not the most important thing. It isn't. Not when love is at stake. Oh, the great! Took
1: all turned into a bunch of mushy wimps. No, love is
0: strength. In the weakness is where he's made strong. So, one of your assignments for this week: First John chapter three. First John chapter 3. Yes, Ricky. You want to read that? No. Well, that what?
1: That's
0: bad timing. That was perfect timing. We have a question about yes.
1: the 1 to 10.
0: Yes. Which way do we want to be? Which way? It's not going to be graded, so you can go any way you want. Is
1: so. 10 better or than? No. The doctor? The Dr.
0: Kendrick's office, 10 is bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> <laughs> a golf store, or... <laughs> once again, however you want, however you want to define it. If if you need, if you need uh, consistency, uh, love is patient. Debbie, on a scale of one to 10, 1 being uh, not patient at all, ten being very patient. Where would I read?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: you to leave the room? You? <laughs> you notice I picked very, very carefully which one I. Uh, patience, I don't care about. Yes, yours. Um, love it. it depends on what
1: you're doing. If you're putting together a piece of furniture, you're a one. <laughs> oh, thank, you. thank you. I can second that. <laughs> Okay.
0: Where would I be a nine?
1: When you deal with people. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Thank
0: you. <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> That's. Children, you're probably a seven. Okay. Because you are. You're the patient most of the time, but not all the time. No,
0: nope. not all the time. I'm not. And. Well, we don't When you split hairs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no, I, and I'm not even being defensive. I'm just saying, you know, are there times when you don't have to be patient with your children?
1: Maybe. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: there are justifiable moments where it's move, kid, yeah. now. <laughs> I brought you into this world, and I will yeah. take you out. If, the, if you don't get moving, <laughs> <like. laughs> I was a 9 all the way to that point kid. Now you're pushing it. <laughs> so, there you go. So, in uh, take one that love is not love does not envy or boast. So, if you boast or you or you envy a lot, it'd be 10. Oh. Does that make sense? Oh.
1: No. Yes. yes. Yeah, makes sense.
0: But if you don't boast, or you're not envy ever, or hardly ever, it's a one. You notice there's no zeros on here. Yeah. <laughs> that ain't real. Yeah.
1: Well, I think it's got to be the other way around. There's not bolster. If Linda doesn't boast or envy, I would give it. Because you yeah. give her ten
0: as a reward, or because? <laughs> oh no. But see, here's the deal. That you use it however you want. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to be handing this in.
1: Sure. So if your
0: wife gives you all ones, you can interpret that however you like. Yeah. Have, have them explain that. <laughs> 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 just change the grades. Kind of flip flop. You're going to receive a survey. <laughs> 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 Next week we'll just say oh, no. we okay. <laughs> no.
1: <laughs>
0: so who won? Golf or bowling? Who won? Who won? First John, any more questions? First John chapter 3, verse 11. Ricky.
1: Never my hand.
0: Yes, you did. I saw it. <laughs> and you have to love me, so go for it. And I'm not being very patient. Let's go. <laughs> for this is the message that you have heard from the beginning that we should love one another. We should not be like Cain, who was an evil
1: one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brothers righteous. Do not be surprised, brothers, that the world hates you. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers.
0: Stop there just for a second. Do not be surprised, brothers. This isn't part of this class, but it is. Do not be surprised, brothers, that the world hates you. The world is starting to hate us more and more every day. <coughs> It used to be they were just annoyed by us. And then there was times where they didn't like us. But there it is getting to the point now where they hate God. They hate the idea of Christ. It's becoming very evident. And I think we're still at the beginning of that. That's, you know, we here's the thing. We, we can get defensive about that. We can get upset about that and we can rail and say we, sh- we, need, we, we deserve to be treated equally. We deserve to have these rights. We deserve that you treat us uh, with respect as Christians, but in the reality of the scope and sequence of time and where we are in this in life, we have to have thicker skin than that. We must have thick skin. We must, we must be able to take those insults and just let them wash off. Let, let them wash off. Not hold that grudge. Not not become angry. We, you know, I, I lament the fact that I grew up in a pretty much Christian culture. I, I'd say nearly hundred percent. At least you could. It seemed like it visually. You, you know, everybody in our community went to church. Everybody in our community had whole families, unless somebody had died but we don't live in that world anymore. And I lament the fact that my kids are not gonna grow up in that world and that, they, that they're not growing up in that world. And our grandkids. But the reality of it is, it is the way it's going to head. It, the, the world will wax cold, will wax uh, evil more and more every day. And now it just seems to be an accelerated rate in the last 10 to 15 years.
1: Yeah, you know, one of the things I think, I know I struggle with, and I think a lot of other people do too, is is you're supposed to love your neighbor. And your neighbor is everybody, right? Yeah. When somebody cuts off the head, like an Islamic terrorist, when they cut off the head of an innocent child or an innocent person, I got a real hard time with that. Sure. How
0: do, you, how do you reconcile that? Well, when you figure that out, let me know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm just being honest. It, it bothers me, too. Yeah. I'd like to rip the guy's head off <clears> the <throat> But that's not being a Christian. Is it? Tough call. <laughs> You know, it depends on the role that we're in. If we're in the role of a protector, people ask me all the time, how can I be a pastor and train in self-defense um, you know, I uh, well, I'm trying to think of how to how to say this this thing. I I I have been trained how to kill somebody. I know how to kill somebody. Mm-hmm. I I can do it with my hands. So it's, it's not as hard as people think it is. to you know, do
1: it before you train. <laughs> but you know, just like anything else,
0: anybody who has a permit to carry. Why why would you have why would you carry a cider in in this day and age? Because there is a level of evil that we are given as rights as as an American citizen at this point to protect ourselves or our loved ones or or others that that are in harm. Praise God for that right. But there are people who are trying to take that right away. So the the idea of protecting someone protecting. Protecting my wife, protecting my children, protecting you. Somebody, somebody walks in who's a terrorist and starts to attack. We, you know, we've trained. We we trained the congregation that one Saturday how to defend ourselves. That is within our legal rights as citizens today. It may not always be, and at that point, then we have to
1: make some decisions. But like you know, in like Christ, said, you know, if somebody harmed you, turn the other cheek. Mm-hmm. I got a real hard time with that with a terrorist situation.
0: I don't think he's talking about terror. I'm pretty sure he's not talking yeah. about a terror situation. Yeah. I think he's talking about, you're a Christian, you're an idiot. Insults. 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 Persecution for the faith. Yeah. yeah. There's a difference between persecution, or there's a, there's a difference between an attack as a human being, or as a, you know, <coughs> and then persecution as a believer. When somebody, uh, you know, if an, an, an Islamic terrorist came in here, and he says, because you're a Christian, I'm going to kill you, I would still kill him.
1: Yep. Yeah.
0: <laughs> because, because we have a right to protect ourselves right. that way and to protect others but if, the, if an Islamic person walked in here and started saying you're an idiot for being a Christian uh, you know you're, you're, you're a bunch of liars and I can prove it and, and, and he goes on the television and he maligns us saying all kinds of evil about us uh, because of our beliefs I, I, don't, I don't have the right to, to attack him back that's where we need to walk in that is a different I don't
1: know it's like that. you <clears throat> deep down in your heart. Oh, you still... That. <laughs> <look at it? laughs> I'm three on that one. I, don't I really sports. I still love you, man, even <laughs> though you're gonna cut my head
0: off. I have, you know, it's really hard to Oh I know. You
1: know. It doesn't make sense,
0: but and, and when it and I'm not so sure and it, so that's, that's the thing. You know, it comes to the day where where they're uh, they're in power and maybe not America. Maybe you're in a different country, and, and they say, you're a Christian. I mean, I have friends right now who are in Africa. Mm-hmm. And in Africa, the, the, um, I just heard a story the other day where they were chasing this guy down because he was a preacher. Mm-hmm. And what did he do? You know, he ran. <laughs> you know? But if they had started to attack him, I wouldn't hold it against him no. for swinging back. Because mm-hmm. no? he's protecting his life from that.
1: Well, just another angle outside of that area. But, uh, Jesus said, you know, if you harm a little one, it'd be better if you had a if you had been born at all. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't acting in love; there, giving them that like, hey, I still love you. It's like that's wrong. Mm-hmm. So it's not like God looks away at you know, everything evil. The only that we're given opportunities uh, to defend ourselves. Mm-hmm.
0: But yeah, so like we we can we can speak truth, truth, and, and truth isn't nice. Right. But we still have to love it in, in the midst of that. Yeah. Um, you know. Stephen said,
1: don't his sin against them when mm-hmm. he was being stopped. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Jesus says, Father, forgive them. You know
0: mm-hmm. And that's a... You, you, have you ever read uh, the Fox's Book of Martyrs? Yeah. People who were martyred for their faith. The level of grace that many of them you know, were given in the middle of it. Is is beyond my comprehension. I don't understand it. I wish I did. Yeah, I'm glad I don't have to find out
1: <laughs> for a very long time. Uh, switching gears back to what you were saying a minute ago is, um, something I've been uh, kind of wondering about lately is how we can pray for things and speak against evil in the world we speak against. Uh, natural disasters and pray for them not harm people not kill people not destroy property and all that stuff but then the Bible says that those things are going to happen before the end occurs and it got me thinking about you know should we I don't know know. this stuff is going to happen but is it it prophesied that it's going to happen because of how many people are not
0: speaking against it? <clears throat> or can we? But, let me ask you a question. Can we pray that the Antichrist won't come on the scene?
1: No, no. no. You can. No. You no. Can, you can pray.
0: Pray. <laughs> we pray effectively <laughs> that the Antichrist cannot come on the scene? Or can we pray effectively that there won't be wars and rumors of war? I think there are things that are outside of our Outside of our ability and and authority to pray for jurisdiction, right? Right. but when when there's eh, we talked about it a little bit one day that that when when can I when can I pray for Irma, you know, or pray about that situation? Is it because I have somebody in the middle of that situation that is personal for me, or I'm in the middle of that situation? I don't. I'm learning though. I'm I'm, I'm growing in some of that stuff. I don't have all that answered. Um, but there's some things that's just like oh I I, I want to. I want to pray that there's
1: no life lost in that hurricane. I, I think, I'm of the opinion of, like, you, or I, I can pray fervently if God, you know, if it, if within the, the scope of your will, you know, help these people out that are in this situation. And I know this is going to just get worse. The Bible says it's going to get worse. But that doesn't mean I have to just throw up my hand to say, it's just going to happen it's going to happen necessarily, because that, I think, would be wrong for a lot of, especially
0: Christians, to do that. That, this question is not a part of this, necessarily, but it has everything to do with what we're walking into. Can we pray that certain parts of God's, of the end plan, don't happen the way they do? I don't know that yet. I don't have that answer. Um, Because I think there are some things that are just going to happen. You know and how how that all works out is going to be really interesting um, because I think we 're going to need to know I think we 're going to need to figure some of these things out, and I think we're we 're not in the right place to figure them out yet because to be able to know in that moment, can I pray about this? can I not pray about this can i can I believe for this to be changed uh, can I believe that uh, that nobody will need the mark of the beast to sell, to buy and sell. Well, no, it says that that's what's going to happen. So then, can can I pray that I'll be able to buy and sell without the mark of the beast? Can I believe that I'll be provided for? Yes.
1: You know,
0: even though there's a need for the mark. See, it's then getting our heart and our, our mind, according to the word of God, Where where is that Real? Where is that actual? And I, and we need to ask ourselves those real questions. I've been asking myself a lot of those questions lately, because if we're headed towards this, and we're you know we so close, close. It was happening in River Falls, Wisconsin first. You know where they're chipping people. I was in the first place. They've been chipping people all over the world. They've been doing that for quite some time now. But it's started. You know, it when, when? How soon is this stuff going to happen worldwide, widespread? I don't know. But we need to start being real about. it our walk with the Lord, and get, our, get his mind on all these issues so that we can answer those when we have to. Um, can we delay some of those things? I mean, I think in some cases we're going to have hurricanes, we're going to have natural disasters, but can we delay or lessen the effects of some of them by praying, getting people aware of, of what's going on, and you know, getting people aware of what the mark of the beast is, you know, letting them know that you know, if you're getting yourself chipped that that in fact is the mark
1: of the beast. Don't do it. Yep. No, no. I think we can delay some of the effects. Yep. Can we also pray that God, I mean, because this word says He will protect His people and will take care of His people, can we pray for God's people? Then People we know who are in these. Natural disasters
0: to be rejected. See, I think that's getting the right perspective. It's getting into the right perspective because I think there are some things that are just the way they are. We live in a world that's affected by natural reactions to, you know, sin, sin, Mm -hmm. life. Mm
1: -hmm. Exactly.
0: All right, Ricky, wherever you left off.
1: Whoever does not. Let
0: us not love in word or talk, but indeed in truth. And that's a re reaffirmation, a re uh, a uh, um, building up, uh sure enough up of what we we're talking about before. If you have the love of God in you, it's going to come out of you. We don't we don't just li- we just don't love in, in a word. I love you, you know, good luck. <laughs> you know. It, it, we, we love, And then we put action to that love. And it, it isn't just that we love God, but we also love each other. the The love goes two ways. We can't love God and hate our brother. It just it doesn't work. It's not. It, there's something wrong inside, and that that is not correct. And we know it's not correct because he says it here. That has to be sorted out. the the We have to be. Uh, Continuous. We have to be congruent is the only word that pops into my head, uh, mathematical term. It, it, both sides have to equal. Both sides have to be, we have to have our love for God equaling our love for, for other, other people, and really love for yourself. Many. A lot of people don't love themselves, and that's why they can't love others. They're, they're always beating themselves up. They're always kicking themselves. So not just in word, but in love, in, or in deed, and in truth. Read these verses. I'm just going to go really quick through this last part. Matthew 24, he's talking about the end, and he's saying, they, they said, what are the signs of the end are going to be? He says, many will fall away. They'll hate one another. We're seeing that. I've, I've been watching for the last 10 years, and I know a number of Christians who, are not, who have, have now rejected the faith. And, and it's systematic. They, they don't start out that way. But it, many are starting to fall away. And it's very—it's—it's it's hard to watch. It's, it's heart-wrenching to watch. But, I, but I'm hearing it come from their own mouths. I'm seeing them live in such a way that they're falling away systematically. That will hate one another. Love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. It's not just enough to finish. We need to finish well. It's not just enough to get to the end. Because many will get to the end and they're not they're gonna have missed it because they got to the end the wrong way. Or they didn't get to the end with love. You know, by 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 grit and determination, I will make it to the end. But we can get to the end and hate people and hate each other and 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 have no love in it. And he says, you know, he go all the way back to the revelation where he's talking to the church of Ephesus. You know, if, you're, if, you, if, if you come, and I, I grew up in a once saved, always saved theology, but he told the church of Ephesus, if you don't sort out, if you're doing all the stuff, but if you don't have love, I will take your lampstand from your midst and cast it not good. That ain't good by any standard. So this having these things in the right way, doing these things right, there is a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it. Yes.
1: There was a really good teaching that I saw online from a pastor who talked about the gate and the path verses uh, said a lot of people will get the gate part, which is salvation and think that you're good but he said that he's still going to spew you out of his mouth if you look or whatever it was talking about like if you're not following the path you're, you're still not making it yeah. Yep
0: So what do we need to do to finish well? That's the question here. The question is not, you know, bang, 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 you're not living right. No. How do we know? Because I know our hearts are to to do this right. Our heart as a believer is to finish well. Do we just need to try harder? Is there a checklist somewhere where where I need to work it through? Ecclesiastes 12, 11 through 14 says, The words of the wise are like goads. Goads are the, what was on the plows. The goads were the points of the plow. They were super hard. They don't move. The the earth moves. When the, when the goad would hit it, it would move the earth. So it says, The words of the wise are like goads and like nails firmly fixed are the collected sayings. They are given by one shepherd. My son, beware of anything beyond these, of making many books there is no end, and of much study is a weariness of the flesh. The end of the matter all has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. So it all comes back, to focusing on God. It all comes back to having the love of God in your heart, that He is the center, that He is the most important. Love the Lord with all your... Love the Lord your God with all of your... and then fill in the blank. All of the works you did at first must always have the focus of knowing Him. It's not about doing the works, but it's about knowing Him. And in knowing Him, you will do the works. But remember that faith from what, uh, apart from works is useless. So like they asked in Acts, what do we need to do? And then my favorite verse, or this is a portion of it, John 17.3, Jesus said, now this is eternal life, to know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you sent. And 2 Peter 1.2 says, may grace and peace be multiplied to you, This is the beginning verse of what we're looking at as a whole for this whole class of 2 Peter 1. May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Alright, so next week we're going to pick up with grace and peace. But bottom line, this is This is the thing. It's to know God. It's to know him. It's to have him as the center of your life. It does, everything else will fall into place. You don't have to, to 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 meet a criteria, a list of do's and don'ts. But by knowing him, when you know him, you'll do the do's and don'ts. You'll live the life right. But it it all comes back to knowing him. And how do you know him? Spend time with him. Be in the Word. You, if you spend time, that's why you, you need to bring your Bibles. Because your Bibles need to become an, a constant companion. You need to start being in the Word on a regular basis. I'm not going to tell you what time to do it. I'm not going to tell you how long to do it. I'm not going to tell you how to do it. But what I am going to tell you is you need to be in the Word. Because the Word is God. The Word is God and was God and came and dwelt among us, as, for, as John said in John 1. He is the Word. The more that you're in the Word, the more you know Him, these things will come into line. Without it, everything else we talk about is not going to matter. That's why first things first, the first thing, the most important thing is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart. Amen? I'm going to pray real quick. If you have any other questions or comments, we can talk for a bit afterwards. Father, I do thank You that Your Word is true and that Your Word... Reveals Yourself to us. Father, I pray for the grace and the mercy for each one of us to be in the Word, to be with You, to be in You more this week than we were last. That each day we'll be more uh, in, an, in a more of an understanding of who You are and how You are and what You are and all of it will grow day by day. Thank you, Father, for your word and for the illumination of it for our minds
1: and for our hearts and for our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.